fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce. I am joined by my, well, not my favorite trio, by our hardly any means my favorite trio, but one of my favorite trios. Um, that is me, myself, and I. I'm here on the solo recap for us. Here it comes on tap. Um, and unfortunately, no W flag, as you can see on the hat if you're watching on the YouTube or Facebook broadcasts or Twitter. Um, but we're talking about a loss. Cubs lose tonight in Toronto, 5-3. to three. Uh, Again, just a marquee pitching matchup uh, to really to start tonight's game. Return of Stroh. Uh, he makes his first start in Toronto since being traded. It's crazy to think. Um, but because of COVID and anything, the Mets weren't up there at all. Um, so it took him until this season to return uh, and, and grace what is Rogers Center and, and the place that he kind of came up as a baseball player. But uh, let's let's get into some of the action here from tonight and some of the recap because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you right now, I don't know what the over-under was uh, for strikeouts for Gossman, but I think he probably nailed it. Nine strikeouts for Gossman, and I pitched a really good game. Six innings, five hits, just the two earned runs on the pair of solo homers and only one walk. Uh, really efficient work from him. And truthfully, if we're comparing starting pitchers from tonight's game, Strowman was just fine. Five innings of work for him, three hits, just the one earned run, uh, two walks, only one strikeout. But again, Stroh's a ground ball pitcher. He's never always going to have these pretty K numbers that you see guys like Gossman and others rack up. But again, was was doing his job. Five innings of work. Again, 88 pitches. Uh, let's start there. All right, yeah, let's let's start there. 88 pitches for Stroh. Stroh easily could have came back out for the sixth inning, and I think that's where we need to start this, this conversation here tonight because I'm a little concerned about David Ross with his starting pitchers, and not necessarily from the standpoint that he doesn't trust them or anything like that, but we are consistently seeing this on a night-in, night-out, day-in, day-out basis from the Cubs skipper where he likes to pull these guys with only 88 pitches, you know, or, you know, we've seen, I, and I can forgive mid nineties and you pull a guy fine. Right. Especially you want, want to give a reliever a clean inning. I get it. That, that, that's totally okay. But when, when you're pulling guys with only 80 something pitches, 70 something pitches, even in the case of, of a few guys, like, yeah, I feel like it's worth letting these guys go another inning. Like, I, I feel find it hard-pressed to think that Stroman can go out there and at least give you two-thirds of an inning in the sixth. Then you go five and two-thirds, and then you don't have to go to your bullpen so early. And I think you look at this bullpen, and then you wonder why guys are throwing the way they're throwing. Some of these guys are probably tired. They get used a lot. Right. I mean, especially now with Efros being gone, especially with, um, you know, Givens and, and Robertson also gone, you know, we, we joke, we call him everyday Hughes. Right. But like Brandon Hughes pitches almost every day, you know, and some of these other guys are starting to get right up there with him. So I don't get it uh, again. Admittedly, I, I didn't get to see as much of tonight's game as I would have liked to, but um, certainly just looking at the box score, I see 88 pitches and I see Marcus Stroman pulled after five. And I think he absolutely could have gone six. And the reason I say that is because the wheels fell off in the sixth inning. Um, Brendan Little making his big league debut and he just got beat up um, two hits, the walk uh, and, and ultimately the three run home run is what cost him there. Um, or at least the, the, the three runs, pardon me. Uh, he is a 40 point, Five uh, ERA, obviously, again, inflated because he only pitched two-thirds of an inning. Credited with the loss, credited with a blown save as well. 
Uh, Michael Rucker went one and a third, got got hit up for the one home run, uh, the only run that he ultimately gave up in his work. Uh, and then something we can talk about that was very positive, I think, on the pitching front tonight, and that was Jeremiah Estrada. Uh, two Ks tonight, just the one walk, otherwise a, a relatively clean inning of work for the youngster. I mean, this guy's been so good, you know, and, and there, there are people I understand in Cubs Twitter that don't read the stats and dive as deep into this as some of us do. Um, but Jeremiah Estrada is, is having an incredible season, right? And Brendan Little, you know, I'm not going to fault him for one bad game. Of course, you know, it just sucks that it was his debut that he gets tattooed and beat up, you know, but even Little, right? He was really good lately, um, has been insane in August. But overall for the season, oh, still very respectable, but a 415 ERA in the minors brings that up. You know, things don't look great for him tonight. Um, obviously again, I think Stro could have pitched in the sixth, who knows that could have changed how little's outing went. Obviously we'll never know, but you know, I like seeing a guy like Estrada come up and do what he did tonight because Estrada carried a one thirty ERA between double A and triple A this season in the minor leagues pitched quite a few, quite a few games. I think had 29 games, maybe even a little more than that. It might've been in the thirties and just sensational incredible really good strikeout stuff you saw the heat tonight that high movement on that first k in the zone you can see the hitter just go oh why did i swing at that and in fairness i understand why that's wicked movement on that pitch and estrada if this is a guy again a guy that is rule five eligible needs to be added to the 40 man next season this is a perfect tryout for him. And I think we see him again tomorrow for at least an inning of work on Wednesday in the series finale against the Blue Jays. Because if he's going to come out and do that, why why aren't you going to add him to your 40 man? Why isn't he going to be a part of this bullpen next season? He looks fantastic. He's throwing the heat. You're starting to see it. I mean, he was relatively efficient as well. Only 17 pitches needed to get through that inning. Two of those with Ks and 11 of them for strikes. That's a good night from a guy who's never pitched in the big league. So I'm glad one of the two youngsters got a good debut. Um, you know, and honestly, I think Estrada is a guy that we see as soon as I think we see maybe him for the rest of the season. Really, I think if there's guys in the pen right now that the Cubs are concerned about or the Cubs are uncertain about or whatever, you know, maybe they find a way, especially with the rosters expanding here as of Thursday, it's September 1st already. Crazy to think, right? You know, maybe, maybe, just maybe we get to see this guy down the stretch here at the big league level. And if he starts doing this on a regular basis, we're going to be considering him and Brandon Hughes as, as locks for the bullpen for next season. So really happy with what Estrada did tonight. Again, I'm happy with what Stroh did tonight, too, if we're being brutally honest. Just, again, just an unfortunate night for Little, unfortunate night for Rucker as well. Um, and that was all it took for the, the Blue Jays to deliver the punch. Romano got the save. That dude's been nuts this year, 215 ERA. Got four outs as well. That's his 28th of the season. The Blue Jays continuing to add wins. They get to number 70. Um, they certainly need it. We talked about it a little bit last night on, on Cubs on Tap here, myself and Tyler. You know, it was they they need to win every single game as humanly possible. They're chasing the Yankees. They got it. They have a realistic chance to catch them. Are they going to? Probably not. But anything can happen. It's baseball, especially late in the season. Teams have collapsed worse than that. You know, they're they're chasing them. They're chasing the Rays for that that top wild card spot. You know, they're they're just trying to hang in the wild card picture as well because they got Baltimore nipping at their heels too. So they needed this one. That's a team that's a good team, but a, a, I don't want to call them a desperate team, but 
in a lot of ways are a desperate team in the sense of they need to win games. They need to consistently win games to stay in that playoff picture. Cubs at this point, it, you know, they're doing everything from a growth standpoint. And we got to see some of that growth. And you like how I transitioned that there? We're going to quickly transition this too. Um, because growth it was out of guys like Christopher Morell and Seiya Suzuki tonight. Uh, a little touch on Seiya first here. Uh, just one strikeout for Seiya, but he was two for four. You love to see it. He's raised that average all the way back up to 258. It was down for a little while. He's got that OPS back up over 750. You really like to see that. He, he seems to be kind of settling into his own. I, I don't know if Seiya in this lineup long term is a four hitter, um, but maybe he feels comfortable hitting in the four spot. I don't know. I, I think he hit a lot in three and four over in Japan, so maybe that's just what's comfortable for him. I'm not going to argue it. I'm not against it by any stretch of imagination. Because as long as he feels comfortable, he produces. We've seen it time and time again this year. You know, obviously injuries have hampered him. A transition to a, a new game and a new country, frankly. I mean, it's not easy to go from living in Japan your entire life and being away from your pregnant wife that he, like he is right now. And you go to America and play baseball and you do all this traveling because Japan is a fraction of the size of the United States in terms of physical land. You know, it, it's a big adjustment to the major league level. And I think he's, I think he's taken it in stride. Truthfully, if you told me he was going to be hitting over 250 and have an OPS over 750, I wouldn't have been mad about that. That means he's at least transitioning well enough in his rookie year where I feel really good about him going into 2023. And we're, we're continuing to see that another two hits from him tonight um, as well. But Christopher Morrell having the night that Christopher Morrell had first off, cool and tough. We love to see it. Uh, second off again, it just it feels like when Morell starts to get cold, he gets he has one of these nights, and that's good. You know, again, he's he's young, he's a rookie, he's gonna have some growing pains. That average has dipped below 250 now, which you know we don't necessarily love. But at the end of the day, efficient tonight, two hits, the solo home run, as well as the RBI double. Um, again, he accounts for two of the three Cubs runs tonight in terms of at the plate. Still having a really good season. I like that he's consistently now getting that time at third base. I think we all need to take that in stride as Cubs fans and appreciate that, that they're actually giving him the look that he deserves because he's he's probably not the long-term future at second base. And I only say that because if they do go after one of these big shortstops in the market like they claim to be, you know, realistically, it's going to be either a guy like Xander Bogarts playing second or it's Nico bumping over to second and one of these guys like a Correa or a Turner playing short. And, you know, what's Madrigal going to do, right? He's he's just a second baseman, and he's been really good. Made a really nice defensive play tonight, only one for four tonight. But again, still raising that average and has played a lot better ever since coming back from the IL. He finally looks healthy. He finally looks like the Nick Madrigal that I think a lot of Cubs fans thought the Cubs were getting last season in that trade for Craig Kimbrell. I mean, this guy hit over 300 pretty much every year of his pro career. You know, people are starting to see that a little bit now. We're, we're starting to get a taste of that out of Nick Madrigal. So, you know, Christopher Morell is not going to have a long-term home at second base. Will he play there every once in a while? Probably. Let's just be honest. Probably. But overall, he's not going to be there long-term. As for shortstop he's certainly not going to overtake horner and if they sign somebody he's certainly not going to overtake them he's not going to be your everyday center fielder especially when guys like pca or kevin alcantara or any of these guys are hopefully ready which is still probably two years away 
but you realistically could play him at third base. You really don't have a lot of organizational depth at third. Sure, you can move any of these guys that play shortstop down in the minors over to third base. I, I'm not going to say you can't do that, right? Christian Hernandez, in theory, could become a third baseman. James Triantos, in theory, could become a third baseman. But even some of these guys are still years away. Christopher Morell's here. He's here at the major league level. And maybe outside of Chase Strumpf, who is good, but I don't know if he's the same athlete that Christopher Morell is, Morell's probably going to get the nod at third base more often than not. So going into next season, you have to pencil him in at least as your platoon guy at third with wisdom. If they do end up keeping wisdom, I don't know what their plan is for the off season by any stretch, but they're finally letting him play every day at the position that he's probably going to play in the future, which is third base. Getting these everyday reps there now is just going to benefit him. And he, and he had a great night at the plate to go along with it. And you absolutely love to see that. Also love to see Willie, uh, hit a bomb tonight, uh, only ended up getting two at-bats, but he had the solo home run on top of it. They ended up bringing in Rivas later. Uh, he actually got a hit, two coming in off the bench, and they ultimately ended up moving P.J. Higgins uh, into the catching role. Who knows if him moving into the catching role had anything to do with how the pitching fared. I don't know. Uh, I Again, really hard to speculate. I didn't see it as much of the game as I would have liked to tonight. But from an overall perspective, this is another game. One bad inning. Otherwise, the Cubs are in this thing. You know, they're not getting their socks blown off by good teams. You know, it's not like the Blue Jays came out and put a 10-piece on them tonight. That didn't happen. You know, the Blue Jays had one good inning off a rookie pitcher who was making his big league debut, and that was really about it. Stroh gave up one run, and Rucker gave up one run. That's it. Otherwise, the Cubs are in this game. Their bats were doing enough to get the job done. Yes, obviously, would you like to see more production from the Cubs bats? Sure. They still had seven hits. They still had more hits than the Blue Jays. I mean, if, if we're talking on a, a comparison level here for the game, they were getting the job done. And we saw it in last night's game, right? You, it, it, we kind of joke now, right? It's like Groundhog's Day. One bullpen pitcher is going to screw something up and they're going to lose. But some of these losses are a little easier to swallow. Again, they're playing a good team. This is not like they're shitting an egg and, and losing the teams like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati or even, you know, Colorado and some of these other lowly teams, even in the NL. I mean, you're losing the teams that are in the playoff race in the AL, which in my opinion, the AL playoff race is much tighter and much stronger than the NL playoff race. I mean, we can look at this, you know, in the standings here, I'm going to pull them up as I'm, I'm jabbering away here, but I mean, that, that AL wildcard race is crazy, especially in the East, right? I mean, that AL East alone, is worth mentioning because here's the thing. Hear me out, right? We you got your division leaders in the AL in the AL, right? You got Houston leading the way. They're by by far the best team in the in the AL right now. You got the Yankees still firmly holding on to that AL East first, you know, first spot right now. Uh and you got Cleveland sitting in the top spot in the central right now. Then you got Tampa. Tampa's only trying to do quick math here. Six and a half back of the Yankees. Blue Jays only seven and a half back of the Yankees in the division. Seattle's a half game up on, on the Blue Jays in the wild card. Tampa's a full game up on the Blue Jays after tonight. But then you got Baltimore and Minnesota only three games back. Both both of those teams could catch them. I don't think the White Sox are catching them at seven games back. Sorry to you boys over at Sox on tap, especially because you're losing right now to the Kansas City Royals the last time I checked. But overall, I mean, you've got a five-team race 
just for those three wild card spots right now in the AL. In the NL, a little different. Uh, you've got, I mean, Arizona's gotten hot, but they're still nine and a half out of the wild card. You got San Francisco, who's they're playing okay ball, I guess. I mean, they're two and eight in their last ten, and they've lost five in a row. They're eight and a half out. So it's really just Milwaukee, who's two games out, chasing San Diego, Philly, and Atlanta's got eight games on on the wild card. Atlanta's fine. Atlanta's chasing the Mets, truthfully. They're only like three games back in the Mets right now. So, And then you've obviously got the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Cardinals firmly hanging on to their respective positions in the, the divisions. So, you know, again, in my opinion, the AL wildcard race is much stronger than it is in the NL. And you're seeing the Cubs compete against these AL wildcard teams, right? They beat Baltimore. Now that they're playing better ball, they got Baltimore early in the season when they just were in shambles, in my opinion. You know, now they, they beat them in Camden, you know, just, a, what, two weeks ago? They've won a bunch of series lately. They beat up. They beat teams like Milwaukee in a series. They kept it interesting with a team like the Cardinals. And yeah, you've lost the first two in the series to Toronto, but really, at the end of the day, you were in both of these ball games. Like if you're the Cubs, you're not sitting there going, "Wow, we just got our socks blown off by a really good baseball team." No, you were in both of these games. Like yesterday's game, again, you had a chance to win. You had a four nothing lead. Sure. Did the bullpen manage to find a way to piss it away again? Yeah. But even then, like overall, the bullpen has not been that atrocious. It just seems like one guy has a bad day at the wrong time and it screws up everything. I I really do think this is a, a series where even if they get swept tomorrow in Toronto, if you're the Cubs, you're like, yeah, we got swept, which sucks. But like we didn't play that bad at baseball. We weren't atrocious. We weren't getting blown out by this team. Like we were in – these games, yesterday was a one-run game. Today was a two-run game. You're in it. You're in it against a very good team from the AL in the Toronto Blue Jays. And you're young, you're very inexperienced, you got a lot of holes, and you're still in it. I'll take that as as, as a silver lining win every day of the week. And I know I know, friends of ours here at ONSAP, like Mr. Johnny Nani, don't love silver linings. But sometimes you got to take them in stride. And I feel like that's what today's game was. Again, you pushed it. You, you went against a really good pitcher in Kevin Gaussman. You still got him for two runs. Um, but ultimately, you know, Stroman, you know, exits the game. Little gets beat up a little bit. Pun not intended in this in this instance. Uh, and then it was what it was. So the Cubs fall five to three. My final thought on this game is just continue playing hard. This team's been in both of these games. Like I just sat here and elaborated on it for the last few minutes. I really think a, a win tomorrow would be great, especially on getaway day. You have an off day on Thursday before you head to St. Louis for a three game set over the weekend. And then you have another off day on Labor Day. So Take it in stride, you know, go get a win tomorrow, get, you know, have that happy flight to St. Louis then on Thursday um, or, to, you know, well, they probably won't fly out tomorrow after the game with it being a late game. So, you know, fly out early on Thursday, you get to St. Louis relatively quickly. It's a short flight. Uh, even from Chicago, I think Toronto's only about an hour, 15 minute flight. So you're realistically in St. Louis in hour and a half, maybe two hours at most, you know, settle in. You got a, a night game on Friday night. You got time to recover. Get a W. It'll make that flight so much better, and hopefully the Cubs can get it done tomorrow. And I want to see more of the kids. I want to see Jeremiah Estrada tomorrow if he's available. I think he is. He only threw 17 pitches today. You know, especially if they're winning. If they're winning, I want to see Brandon Hughes. I want to see Jeremiah Estrada. I want to see these guys who have a real future being parts of this Cubs bullpen. And maybe, just fucking maybe, we got to get one in there, folks. I got to be able to market explicit. Just maybe. 
this team comes away with a victory tomorrow and it's kept together by the bullpen that we might see in the future. I think that would be really cool. So that's my final thought. Again, let the kids play. We got to see Nelly V and Morell tonight. I want to see more of that in the lineup and so on and so forth. So Cubs lose 5-3. Gaussman gets the win. Uh, Brendan Little in his debut is charged with the loss, and Romano gets his 28th save of the season. It is what it is. Cubs drop uh, to 55-75 and 75 now on the year. We'll go ahead and look forward to tomorrow because, as I mentioned, it is the series finale between the Cubs and Blue Jays. Um, this game on Wednesday, August 31st will be a 6.07 local Chicago time start. Uh, it'll be 7.07 for those in the Eastern time zone. Uh, this will be taking place naturally at Rogers Center. I don't know if anybody saw, by the way, just really quick, um, Megan Montemurro posted a beautiful picture from the third baseline. That is the reason what that's one of the coolest ballparks ever because the CN Tower just towers over the ballpark when the roof is open. And if you're sitting on that third baseline and, and you take a picture, it looks like it's just bearing down on the stadium. It's one of the coolest things ever. Um, if you haven't seen it, go look at it yet. Megan Montemur on Twitter. Uh, she's the Chicago Tribune beat reporter for the Cubs. She does a great job. Um, took a beautiful picture. And th that that is what that is. That is a gorgeous city. I am a Cubs fan through and through, but I will give love to Toronto because that is a gorgeous, gorgeous city. Um, where the Cubs are playing baseball right now. If you're going to listen to the game or watch the game in Chicagoland, you know the drill, 670, the score and Marquee Sports Network. Are you where you can catch this one? And if you're in Toronto, it's SN590 on the radio, Sportsnet on television. And this will be an MLB Network game if you are out of market of those two markets. So this will be on MLB Network uh, for everybody else around the country. For the Blue Jays tomorrow, it will be Mitch White, the right-handed pitcher, one and four on the season with a 4.24 ERA. Nothing that'll blow your socks off, but certainly still respectable numbers. Um, on the other hand, however, our favorite guy is going for the Cubs tomorrow, and that would be to be determined. Yes, they haven't announced the Cubs starter yet. Uh, that would have been Justin Steele had he traveled with the team. Um, instead, we'll probably see Steele on Friday, if I had a guess. Uh, in St. Louis, probably with Drew Smiley, or we might see Smiley on Friday, and then they might push Steele to Saturday. Who knows? I don't know what they're going to do, but we'll likely the three we'll see in St. Louis are Samson, Steele, and Smiley. So this could be a bullpen game tomorrow. Maybe they let a guy. I'm hard pressed to think Mark Leiter Jr. is available for more than two innings, but who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll get a little clearer insight probably at some point during the day on Wednesday, who is going to start this game for the Cubs. Probably a bullpen day, especially with the off day. Uh, and then a night game in St. Louis, you get essentially like a day and a half of rest for your guys. So I would not be surprised if this is just a true bullpen day. We're like, hey, you're going out there. You can throw two innings. Great. You know, or you can throw, you know, you can get four outs. Awesome. And that'll be it for these guys. And they'll just work through the bullpen, whoever's available, uh, and, and get the job done that way. So that's what I'm expecting for tomorrow. Um, but we'll we'll find out for sure who the scheduled starter is. My thoughts on tomorrow, again, like I kind of already said, just go get a win. Go get a win on getaway day. Take a little bit of momentum with you into St. Louis. Go down there. Just be assholes. Try to ruin some shit for the Cardinals. Uh, and again, you have two off days sandwiched around that St. Louis series. So this is a time to get right, get, you know, kind of refreshed. Um, because, you know, the schedule isn't super forgiving. They do have quite a few off days in September here, and I am pulling up the schedule as, as I speak. Um, just so, you know, I can talk you guys through this here. But again, off day on Thursday, like I mentioned. Off day on Monday, like I mentioned. Then you're back home for six. Then you go to New York for three. And then and there's another off day. But then you're back home for three. Then you're, you know, then you finish out with a, a seven-game road trip against the Marlins and Pittsburgh. But then you have another off day on the 26th. 
And then pretty much to round out the season, you know, you go play the the Reds at home and the Phillies at home, and then you're in Cincy for free. And that's it. Like, we're already down to the wire, folks. So, again, off is coming up for this Cubs team. Go out, give it your all, get a W tomorrow, take that momentum into St. Louis, you know, because, again, fuck the Cardinals, and we we just want to see Ws. You know, even though it's a, a building year and a rebuild year, um, it's still fun to talk about Cubs wins, and I like putting the W on my hat, you know, and, and, and I'm actually going to have a co-host tomorrow, so we're really going to break this one down, which would make me even happier if they get a W. So I'm hoping for a W again, get it on getaway day, take that momentum into St. Louis ride with it. You got off days coming up a, a good old win tomorrow. will make that flight a happy flight. Like they always say in sports. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as I approach the 25 minute mark here of the live show, I do want to remind you that Cubs on tap is the official Cubs podcast of the on tap sports network. You can check out all of our great work over at ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media. You can follow the pod specific accounts for us here at Cubs on tap. We are at Cubbies on tap. That's C-U-B-B-I-E-S um, both on Twitter and Instagram. I am at loose on tap on the bluebird app. Be sure to follow all of our other great co-hosts and contributors of mine here uh, at juice on tap at Joey knows nothing at Teddy Freddy 270 from Mr. Tyler Edmonds uh, and our other great contributors as well at Brandon M. Kane and at Bulls Guy Rob on Twitter. Uh, they do a great job writing up all the good material that you see on our website covering the Cubs. Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, you know the drill. We got it all. Bears on tap, guys, recorded last night. Bears football's right around the corner, and quite frankly, Bulls and Blackhawks aren't far behind either. Uh, so be sure to tune in with us as the fall sports resume. And yes, uh, you know the drill, Cubs fans. We all have got friends that like the Southsiders. It's just inevitable. Um, they're getting beat up though. So if you don't, if you like watching the White Sox lose, tonight's a good night for you. Nonetheless, um, if your friends are feeling a little sad and they need events and they need some fellow Sox fans to do it with, send them over to our buddies at Sox on Tap. They do a great job covering the Southsiders. So once again, ontapsportsnet.com at ontapsportsnet on social media, the ontap sports network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Also, quick exciting news: uh, official, official, official. September first. On Thursday, we are officially going to be with Sports Illustrated. Now we will be migrated over to the new platform. So our website's going to look a little different. Uh, and we're, we're still kind of working out how everything's going to go and how everything's going to look kind of last final touches here. Uh, but it's exciting, chaotic time here at ONTAP Sportsnet. But big things are coming. And like I said, um, when we originally announced the news, we're just hoping this means uh, bigger and better, you know, coverage for you guys, the fans, because without you guys, um, you know, why would we do this? Obviously, we love doing it, but uh, you guys make it that much more enjoyable as our listeners. So be on the lookout. September 1st is a big day. We'll be uh, Our website's going to look a little different. Things are going to look a little different. Maybe Cubs on Taps logo is going to look a little different. I'm just, I'm just saying. I might just throw that out there real quick, a little Easter egg for you. Um, Thursday's a big day uh, here for us at ONTAP Sportsnet, so we're very excited about that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I thank all of you for joining me on this solo recap. I hope I didn't talk your ears off too much. Um, like I said, I will be back with one of the boys tomorrow for Wednesday's series finale. And then we probably, maybe, still trying to figure this out, but we might not come back to you guys until the eve of uh, Labor Day. Uh, the guys, you know, it's the holiday weekend, pretty much the last one here for baseball season. So uh, that Cardinal series might be a wrap-up show. Uh, rather than a daily recap, uh, but we will certainly keep you in the loop, both from our Twitter uh, as well as here on the podcast. Again, we got at least one more show tomorrow to, to lock that down and confirm that. But 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, without further ado, thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this show. I know I certainly did, venting uh, some of my demons about this Blue Jays series that I don't think is as terrible as people might think it is. Um, but nonetheless, we're going to get out of here the only way we know how it comes on tap. Fuck the Cardinals, fuck the Brewers, because why not? And let's go Cubs.